Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life, conversations about life's ups and downs, big and small, how we deal with every situation imaginable, whatever life throws at us, but still manage to be sensible, practical, and joyful. Today's show is about Lenten, well, what you give up for Lent, Lenten observances, some people call it, but what you give up for Lent. Most people think about giving up things. Um, one thing we're not giving up is this podcast or Ryan Galliott. Welcome, Ryan. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Ryan's very kindly joined us for this discussion. Now, giving up things for Lent is something that Ryan and I go back a fair way on. When he first <laughs> came into the degree, we had this conversation. I don't know if you remember. Many years ago, in your first week, we had a conversation about uh, what to give up for Lent. And I remember the, pretty much the same things as we're talking about now. What's a good thing to give up for Lent? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Let's, let's throw some classics out there that um, people often give up. Uh, junk food. Of, of various types. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think Father Mike... Not as a whole, just specific ones. Yeah, I think Father Mike calls that the, the twofer. So the two for one. <laughs> <laughs> your diet and your penance. Right. So you're it's, fast. It's an amazing thing how many people try to use Lent as a diet sort of motivation, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> like lots true. of... Um, I'm not going to say any particular gender, but lots of friends I know <laughs> tend to use Lent as a way of um, sort of kickstarting their diet thing. That's right. I find that in our house, chocolate goes missing uh, because even if one person has giving up chocolate in the house, they're offended by any chocolate smell or everyone, anything. In there. Yeah. <laughs> everyone has to give up chocolate. It's over. <laughs> yeah. And and a few people who've decided to give up something else because they couldn't stand giving up chocolate suddenly yeah. find themselves. Chocolate. Oh, where's all the chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> so it's all very interesting in that respect. But let's talk about this. I I must confess this um, podcast topic came from a homily uh, from our priest who was an excellent homily, but the punchline of the whole thing was when you give up something for Lent, there's two things about it. It should be focusing you on Christ. Mm. That's the point of giving up something. You're not supposed to give up to, to cause yourself harm in any way or to feel miserable. Mm. You're actually supposed to do it so that you focus on Christ, so that you're actually focused on, on doing good and, and being with Christ in his life. But the second thing is, he said, is make sure your penance isn't penance for everyone else around you. So, so for example, That's a good point. I think I've, I've raised this before on the podcast. One Lent, I gave up coffee. Oh, and dear. on the yes, oh dear. <laughs> Any of my students know that if there's a day I have given up, uh, have not had a coffee, they don't bring me their mark, their papers to mark. <laughs> so, on the second day of Lent, mm. my wife came into the room with a coffee. Oh. Put it on my desk and said, "Drink it <laughs> for the love of all that is good." Now, some Drink might it. some might say that she's um she's thwarting my devotion to our, but actually, it wasn't devotional at all. I was just being incredibly grumpy, mm. um, and and I didn't realise it, but my grumpiness was being inflicted on those people around me. Mm. Is have you had a similar thing happen? Oh yeah, look. Uh, Someone I know also gave up coffee, um, but aside Seems from that, to be a common theme, doesn't aside it? from that, uh, some of the, my friends that gave up um, sweets ah, and, and yes, chocolates, right. and I found that uh, that sugar hit was something they actually needed. That yeah. they, they personally needed the sweets to stay sweet. <laughs> Isn't that interesting that we're kind of doping ourselves up on various sort of hits? And a sugar high is just uh, is a high. Maybe a smaller high. Mm. I, I gave up cheese one Lent, and I really noticed it. Not that I get a high from cheese, but there is a little bit of endorphin uh, rush. You get the same dopamine hit from cheese that cheese. you do from quite uh, well from things like heroin and then mm. you know all sorts of amazing things. Yeah. But it's a tiny, tiny amount, and but right. you notice it. I mean, it's a real pleasure to eat some deep, some really nice cheese. Mm. Um, 
but um, yeah, I didn't miss it in the sense of withdrawal symptoms like I did with coffee. Yeah. But it's not just that. So, for example, like I said, in our house, if someone gives up chocolate, then the whole house no. is giving up chocolate. <laughs> is that fair? Because what if I, chocolate's not my thing to give yeah. up? It sort of, it sort of uh, removes that edge of it as well. It's sort of like taking an easier way out. Of you mean because there's no chocolate? Because there's no inside. chocolate to be tempted by. So you like. <laughs> so you think you should have chocolate in I the mean, middle of the room? There and... is a whole thing of like you know avoid the temptation, um, right. you know the occasions of temptation. But but it is that thing where you also make yourself something that of a burden to another person. That's right. So um, if, if what you're giving up actually makes you grumpy or less, um, like you're always tired or you're always irritable or something, mm. then you've actually inflicted it on other people. Yeah. Remember, the point of it is to focus on Christ and therefore be more, well, literally more joyful because you're, you're united with your beloved. So my question about those who give up chocolate or anything, and this is the question I have to ask myself, is how does this transfer? Like in a, when I want chocolate and I can't mm. have it, like the whole point is that when, when you miss something, you then focus that on Christ. So yeah. wh wh what's that step? How do you build that in? There's um, someone uh, recently refocused my thoughts on that actually on, on the fact that it's not just supposed to bring us closer to Christ, but help us to become more like Christ ourselves. Ooh. So what it, does that mean? It, it, in terms of, yes, there's the sacrifice, there's that thing we, we give up, but also the, the challenge that um, how can we, I guess, refocus these energies? You know, um, it's so easy to say, oh, you know, stick with it or, you know, stand up. <laughs> be, be, what, what's that, that old quote people used to say, man up. Um, mm. No one said that to me in a while, so <laughs> I say it's an old quote. Um, but yeah, it, it is that thing. That's something that I've been more aware of this Lent is how is this not just making me closer to Christ mm. in observance, but how am I allowing this to change me? Yeah, that's how, a good point, yeah. changing you. Because, yeah. I mean, the whole point of um, the abstinence is to fill it with something else. Yeah. And so... Um, when I was way back uh, in a parish I had long before I became a Catholic, there was a Lenten devotion held in the church on Wednesday evenings. Mm. And uh, when when preaching about Lent, um, his, uh, the fellow said, um, when you're thinking about what to give up for Lent this year, maybe give up Wednesday evenings. Yeah. And, and because then it's clearly focused, like they you literally take your Wednesday evening out of your week, go to the devotion. So... Maybe if we could check out our local parish, find out when they've got adoration, and mm. instead of giving up chocolate, maybe give up Thursday night, or yeah. maybe give up an hour on Wednesday morning before work, or something like that, and put in the extra effort yeah. to be with our Lord. It That's would right. be a much more constructive devotion than than being grumpy about chocolate. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was uh, in in ministry, when I was working for, for the diocese um, on the youth uh, the mission team. One of the things that I challenged was that uh, you don't just give up something, but you do take on something. Yeah. And it's sort of an exchange as well. Um, and it helps that redirection, that that change in, in yourself. So what about these people who give up Facebook? You see, <laughs> there's this swathe of people about about the start of Lent. I'm giving up Facebook for Lent, so don't bother contacting <laughs> this, me kind of thing. The virtual tumbleweed just <laughs> rolls by. <laughs> what's interesting is that Facebook becomes an incredibly friendlier place. <laughs> <laughs> You go, maybe you needed to give it up. I'm not saying they're the bad people, but the people who are left are desperate for friends, so they tend to, they tend to be nice. I'm glad you brought up that point, Peter. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe it's just that I'm nicer when they're gone. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 
I remember when I was younger, uh, once again in ministry, one of my mentors said to me, if the apostles were alive today with everything that we have, what would the world look like? And so for me, I thought, wow, like why, you know, why don't we use what we have today in terms of communication? And I think it's it's not one of those things I would fast from because of that. Um, it has to be an instrument, a tool. Mm. Um, otherwise, it's so easy to get enslaved by it as well. So there's that there's that, is, the, yeah. the difference. It's, it's because it depends on whether you see Facebook as a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. So, for example, if I'm giving up chocolate, I'm giving it up saying chocolate is yummy. Yeah. I don't need it all the time. It's yummy, though, and my missing it will help me um, self-discipline. But mm. if I, like I think you mentioned before we came on, some people talk about giving up a particular sin. Yeah. And you think you should be giving that up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Lenten thing. Yes. Does that mean if you give up lying for Lent, do you suddenly say at Easter, hooray, I can go back to lying? <laughs> no. Oh, thank goodness. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> so giving up, I mean, clearly we, we go to confession in Lent and we try to mm. work um, this part of a penitential season to focus us on, on living mm. well and for our good and the good of those around us. But if people are giving up Facebook they almost see it as a kind of a purif- purifying thing yeah. and the way it's presented. And if it is a purifying thing, then if it if it's that serious in our life, then we, we should be thinking about it for all of our life, not yeah. just for That's Lent. Right. That's right. I mean, Easter doesn't mean, oh, yay, I can go back into the cesspool of Facebook. So if it is being used for good, then it surely can be used during Lent to express our devotion. That's true. Yeah. 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 So, what what would you say is a proper use then of Facebook during Lent? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that I'm, I'm always really uh, keeping in mind when, I, even outside of Lent, when I post on Facebook, is nothing negative. Okay. Um, as a Christian, is that in general or just yeah, during Lent? In general. Okay. In general, nothing negative, because as a Christian, I'm prescribed to a hopeful message. Okay. So things should be positive, um, and so in terms of keeping Facebook in Lent, um, I, I, I don't do it as part of my Lenten penance at all. Right. It's, it, for me, it's, it's always been about ministry when I'm, it comes to- I'm intrigued by this, this relentlessly positive attitude in Facebook. Let's, I'm going to push this a little bit, yeah. So Let's say, and this, this is a true story, someone posts a post that suggests that Bill Gates has manufactured the coronavirus <laughs> so that he can yeah. force us all to get vaccines, which he will use to microchip us mm. uh, and control us, right? Yeah. Because it's a hormonal thing, apparently, this microchip. I'm not sure how they got to there, but mm. this, is, this is a theory that came across my desktop. And it happened that I was a moderator of a group that was supposed to make sure whether these posts are good or not, and yeah. I just simply said no. So, and in the end, I was challenged on that and someone said, why did you, you know, mm. you're suppressing the truth. Okay. I had to actually put something out there which was negative about that, about that. post. Yeah. Um, I did it, I hope, respectfully. Yeah. But it was necessary, I think, yeah. to be negative. And I think, look, I think there is a place for that, especially if you're moderating a page. Okay. Yep. It's there, there has to be the common sense, you know, the, the thought and logic that go behind it. Um, just like, you know, when we talk about uh, disciplining a child or when you talk about training, mm. you know, a pet, um, there's the, the... Or would you say if someone tags you into a post that you don't agree with? Uh, yeah. I would say if I'm tagged into it, that's that's different because I'm tagged into it. But I try not to be too negative online okay. just because of that message of hope. But at the same time, people know that, at least people that know me, know that if they want to talk to me about a topic, 
then there's other avenues. Facebook is merely so one avenue in social mm. media that I can. Um, so, so you're seeing Facebook there as an extension of your real life friendships, right? Well, Facebook as a, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to make it seem shallow, but it's one aspect where, sort of the hopefulness, the excitement, I guess, the wonder I still have yep. at what we can enjoy can be present because there's so many things on the internet that mm. we see that focus on the negative. So, sometimes though, and I'm playing devil's advocate a little mm. bit here, sometimes, especially in Lent when we're actually doing our, our self-examination, it can be helpful to hear someone else express a genuine struggle that mm. a Christian has. That's so right. uh, some friends um, overseas have expressed their struggle with um, overcoming certain um, habits like anger or, right. or frustration, particularly in the COVID time. Like yeah. the loneliness thing, how do we yeah. overcome loneliness? Now, if you do a post about loneliness, it's not going to be, I love being alone. No, no, no. It's wonderful all the time. Yeah, well, which is why, why I hope that the pattern of what I post gives context to things when okay. I do post them. So okay. in the past, I have posted about depression or loneliness. Mm. But in the context of everything else I post, I hope that people can see that yeah. that stuff there is a, a positivity to, you know, a, a thing about holding on and to, to, to perseverance. And coming back to our point before about how it affects other people, Facebook's mm. a, a tough one and, and all like Twitter and the others are tough because when you post something, you might mean it to mean something, but it gets yeah, heard a different right. way. And so often I've found if you post a post about loneliness because you know someone who's lonely and you th you've reflected on it, suddenly I get all these messages from people saying, oh, are you, are you okay, yeah. mate? You know, it's everything, yeah. which is nice. It's good, yeah. But yeah, it's good. what... What you don't want to project as if you're you're asking for some kind of reaction from people. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the giving up stuff for Lent. Let's come back to that. What about Lenten devotions in the church or some kind of discipline? I mean, some people mm. have started following my Father Mike Schmidt's Bible yeah. uh, readings, uh, which great. If someone's reading the Bible, that's fantastic. Others have been going to Bible studies, which is good. Um, I would say Eucharistic adoration is probably oh, yeah. right up there. It's um, that's up there. Make make a point of if you, you find out what's near you and what's possible, and if you can build it into routine, mm. giving our Lord a, an hour, half hour or an hour is a fantastic way to, to have a devotion during Lent. Um, I don't know what else. Well, I've been. Uh, I mean, it started before Lent, but I was doing the uh, consecration to Saint Joseph. All right, um, which has been an interesting uh, thing to to be having to be disciplined enough to sit down and and <laughs> and prayer in prayer and in read. Yep, you know. Um, because sometimes it goes on and on, especially the the theologian in me. <laughs> sometimes want to argue some of the points <laughs> they raise. Thinking, this is right on the verge. Um, yeah, but well, it's devotional, yeah, so it's, it's pious stuff. Yeah. Can I put to you this this idea of um, Lenten devotion? Because that sometimes, especially with young people who are super keen, mm. they almost always seem dejected when three days into Lent they forget or they stuff That's up right. or they don't remember to do something that day. It isn't some kind of magic spell that you're no. casting, which requires the same ritual every day. In I've order been disqualified. To <laughs> you don't get disqualified all the way through. The point is that it's a process mm. of bettering oneself by discipline. And it's like if you're out on a, on a field trying to run, it, just because you stop for a puff doesn't mean you yeah. should stop running <laughs> altogether. You should, yeah. when you can, take a breath and start again. And, right. the, and the more you can do it during Lent, mm. it's not about whether you, you mess up once, it's about whether you keep trying till the end. Yeah, so. I mean, as the geek guy for my quote, um, was it that Batman Begins? Is, Why do we fall, Master Bruce? <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs> so that we can stand up and try again. So. Oh. 
Um, and it, there's it no is, no show, no devotion too holy for us to not bring in a, 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 a superhero comment. <laughs> but I mean, that's basically that that's at the core of uh, you know of of our Christian life, and and Lent helps us to really refocus that. Right, the understanding that we can stand up and say, you know what, I was wrong. Yeah, sorry, you've got my now my brain's going down the Batman route. I'm just thinking all of the ways Batman could work in Lent because <laughs> he's because he's penance, you know, he's dealing with the, like trauma. He's actually working through all the issues, and he has to fight really hard. He's an ordinary guy, but he puts on the armor of God. No, that was pushing it a little bit hard, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe we should call this episode Batman and Lent, or <laughs> something like that. Anyway, um, in terms of actual bettering yourself. Um, we also need to watch out not to fall into the world's traps of what's bettering yourself. So the whole losing weight thing, okay, if that's a spiritual thing and it Mm. makes you better spiritually, that's fantastic. But don't make it about I'm losing weight so that so-and-so likes me more or that kind of thing. That's that's, God loves you as you are and you're not, you're already okay like that and you're already beautiful in his sight. And, And the... The Lenten devotion. Now, if my unhealthiness, which I found out this morning when I walked across the city, <laughs> is at a peak level, then yes, I do need to make a discipline. Yeah. But maybe I could make it about praying while I'm walking or something like that. It's not just about your body. Uh, I mean, that's one aspect of it. But but we have our wills, right? So the, the, the mental disposition we have of approaching it, where is it self-serving? Um, something I was actually going to bring up was the fact that um, – it's with that transformation, you know, with that, with that whole, how can I be more like Christ? Are we doing this to serve ourselves? Right. And, and there's a whole thing as well. The more I become like Christ, the more I become mm. fully myself, <laughs> you know? It's, so, so it's not, if I get buff abs, <laughs> everyone will see how Christ-like I am. <laughs> that reminds me of those, um, those old, uh, was it muscle tops? Oh, with yes. The, uh, with the, the Gold's Gym type Christ carrying the oh, cross. Oh, no, no. <laughs> That's actually, yeah, I've seen that in, when I've, in my study of masculinity. It's what I call masculinity, <laughs> the whole idea of Christ in a gym shirt. You know, dude, really? Yes, the bullets on the rosary beads <laughs> and all right. that sort of muscularity thing. Yes, no, it's it's about being the best you as God has made you to be. Now, of course, that is, you know, God wants you to live a long life, so being healthy Mm. and and reasonable in that respect is good. But all of that should be to the glory of God. And I think that that comes down to what Lent's about, making it all for the glory of God. That's right. And it's it's not so much a change, because as we said, you don't give up stuff that you only give up in Lent. Mm. You're making a change. You're making a reassessment. How am I going with this spiritual life? All right, what's a step I can take that steps me back on the path? Not that I'm going to stop at Easter, but that I'm going to continue. continue yeah. Make me a good a good person, not not without Christ, of course, but in Christ. Mm. I reckon we've about covered the Lenten part of things. Yeah, it was a nice chat. In all this, we need to remember Jesus' um, words about not praying in public and not making a big deal of our our um, piety, because it's actually not about getting a reward from other people. It's a, it's about being closer to Christ Himself. Anyway, that's enough for this week's podcast. If today's discussion got you thinking or arguing with your podcast device or rethinking your Lenten devotions, well, you can change them if you want to. No stress. It's all about Christ, not about whether you tick boxes or keep rigid promises in this particular part. You can join in our conversation. Give us some more ideas for Lent on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Discord. 
Write us a review on iTunes, but remember this is a uniquely Australian Catholic podcast and we think that's an idea worth getting behind. We'll be back next week, but that's all for now. Thank you for listening to This Catholic Life. <laughs>